Welcome to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken. And I am Deborah Moore, and we are your hosts. And Debbie just got back from her crazy adventure of... I survived driving and craziness. <laughs> driving to get here. <laughs> that is quite an adventure. It's <laughs> well, we want to welcome Katie Schmoltz. She's here um, joining us, um, sharing with us her biking adventures. This is like a two-part series. So this part is like for Idaho section and then also Arizona. So we're super excited to have her here. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and she's originally from Washington State, currently lives in Bluffdale, Utah, and is living the dream. She's um, in education, and she's a teacher coach, and something fun. You had mentioned you... You like to watercolor. Yes, that you are a watercolor gal. So tell us about that. Oh, this also started during COVID. Apparently, my life began during COVID because I, <laughs> I started picking up watercolor classes right before, and then COVID happened, and I just kept doing it weekly on Tuesdays, and <laughs> I always had wanted to be able to go to the mountains and paint what I was seeing. Oh, and yeah. so now I just do like little four by six cards. I keep it small and simple so that it's manageable. And I just That's do cool. some little watercolors. How often That's do you so get up cool. in the mountains to do that? Oh, not as much as I'd like. <laughs> so I probably only do like three or four plein airs every, every year. But what I really love to do is... I take a picture from my last adventure, and then I go home and I recreate it. Oh, nice. So that a play in the air is like when you're actually painting, like out in mm-hmm. the air. I yeah. never knew that's what they I were know called. that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> and I think it's spelled P L E I N. P L E I N. No A's. P L E I N. Like the word plane, but with an E instead of an A. I think so. And then the I is the other place. So good luck with that. Look it up. Is it like French or something, or just it's probably French. Or some new word. Everyone's it's actually pronounced play. 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 So I take all these pictures and I, I have a wall in my house and I like put them all up and there's a, a sign that says, what will you create today? And, and it just reminds me that I'm in power of creating a great day and creating great memories in my life. That's so fun. I love that. That's so amazing. And very, like, a nice, inspiring message to see every day. I love it. Yeah. I know. That's really... We actually do outdoor painting as one of our things, activities from Mount Mamas. And so... And we might have to pick your brain for locations, or even a more additional class. I don't know. Like all locations are good locations. <laughs> That's probably true. You're so right. You're so right. As long yeah, so as you like, can really... set up your stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just use a little clipboard, mm-hmm. and I just sit it on my lap, and yeah. So then uh, you don't need the full easel. Yeah, and... I don't take an easel. It's just a four by six card, and. One week, I forgot to bring a cup for water, and I just took my granola wrapper, and I poured water in the granola wrapper, and I was <laughs> dipping my brush in that. Really? <laughs> I love that. I know. When you're on a small scale, it makes things yeah. way more simple, like you're saying. Yeah. And I'm here, Jen, to just taking what you have right now and making the best of it, mm-hmm. like not letting like cost barriers and other equipment barriers get in your way. Um, yeah. So that's my huge 
principal is just start now and just do something. Amen. Yes. Amen. I love that. Yeah, that's so Katie had just been cycling from Utah and she had done the full state of Utah in May, got to the end of Utah. And then were you just like, yes, that's awesome. Let's keep going to Idaho. Or what was kind of your thoughts? So here I'm at the, the northern edge of Utah. I'm cycling to the, the top and like my grandparents are there and my aunts and uncles and my family and a lot of cows. And I'm cycling and I, I get to the end and they're like singing the Utah State song to me. Oh. And then my aunt says, so are you just going to keep going north? And I just look at her and I'm like, wait, what? And I didn't realize I had started something so I let that sink in for a day or two, and I was like, well, I'm on a teacher schedule. I probably could go north mm -hmm. in the summer. So I started planning that out, and then I started where I stopped in Utah, and uh, like three or four months later, mm -hmm. and I just started biking north. <laughs> so what month did you start then? So I, it was the very last week of June uh -huh. that I would have started biking the state Idaho. of Idaho. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you started cuz you were so it's a little warmer but it's okay cuz it's Idaho. What were the temperatures like? The temperatures were really drastically different every day. <laughs> you never knew what you were getting in Idaho and Montana, and I was actually fairly cold. Um so okay. it was June and July. And the other problem is weather. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of wind. And I didn't um, hear before, like, what kind of stuff did you bring with you, pack with you? Like, did you have lots of extra jackets and things? Yeah, so since I had a support vehicle every day, I could oh, pack okay. what was necessary for that day. Um, so a lot of times I had an extra jacket. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I had a rain jacket, which was never sufficient. I was always soaking through. <laughs> Um, it rained a lot and it was very windy a lot in my Idaho <laughs> journeys. Did you guys use the RV again or were you using friends' vehicles? I had changed my car into a camper car now. So it's an SUV and I had converted the back into a bed. Um, so we used that part of the time. Mm -hmm. And this time it was during the summer and I had convinced teacher friends to come with me on their summer break. So we stopped more at Airbnbs to make it more enjoyable so I could convince them to come. Aww. That makes sense. <laughs> and were they your support people or were they actually riding bikes with you? Or? Just support people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you would ride a day and then your your support person, you would go stay at a Airbnb and then you do it again. Mm -hmm. Were you doing, last time you were doing about 35 miles a day, is that kind of what you were doing this time? Uh, no, this time it probably averaged to 50 or 60 miles a day. Oh, really? Ooh. So it went up. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose to make it a little higher? Because it was summer. So during my first ride through Utah, I was trying to work during the day for eight-hour shifts. Oh, so I tried... oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was, trying to, I was trying to ride one or two hours before work started, and then like two or three hours after work ended. So that's why it was had to be only four hours of riding at that time. But summer Ooh. break, it, you can get up earlier, the sun's op up earlier, and I didn't have any other commitments besides entertaining my friends. So we would do a lot of hiking and kayaking and extra biking in the evenings mm -hmm. of Af that trip. After doing all of that yeah. hiking. Whoa. Well, after girl. doing like 50 or 60 yeah. miles, you would do an additional activity. Yeah, we would. Oh, man. <laughs> you're, you're, 
That is amazing. You're on fire. <laughs> so how did you choose your itinerary for Idaho? Like, I'm assuming like it was like Utah, how you planned everything else ahead of time. And so I looked, this time I looked at like five or six hours of biking and I just mapped it out based off of that amount. And there's plenty of places to stop along the way. And basically just know if you ever bike the state of Idaho, it sucks. <laughs> not the state, not the entire state. The entire state. <laughs> like, what about it? It's so rough. Oh, yeah, what was, what was the roughest? Okay, the weather was rough. Like, Idaho was so windy. Like, the wind would push you off the road. Mm -hmm. And then between the Idaho and Montana border, the it's going through this mountain pass. Mm -hmm. And I have never mm -hmm. gained that much elevation in my life. Um, oh. It's just so steep. Katie has a really cool map of her whole route that we might hopefully be able to post for you. So I started in Tremont, and, and you go up past Pocatello, you go past um, Idaho Falls. Right around Idaho Falls, it gets super windy because you're crossing the Snake River Plains, Okay. Um, and it's super windy. And then once you get past that area, the top part of Idaho, I don't know if you know this, but it is like mountain range like That's right mountain 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 so we never hit Coeur d'Alene we would be for, further east we're just like okay. we're along the eastern border of yeah. Idaho are you in the Sawtooth Mountains area yeah, like uh, and all of that. okay we're probably close so we one of the cities we stop in is Salmon yeah and so that's one mm -hmm. point along the way Okay. And what road were you taking? Like in Utah, you were on I-89 most of the time. Is there like one main road in Idaho that you were on? Or were you switching back and forth from a lot of different roads? Um, Idaho, you switch a lot of roads, um, a lot of country lanes along the way. You are on 89 for a while there too, I think. There was one section where the map was like, you should get on the freeway <laughs> and do this eight-mile section. It will save you time. But I didn't dare do that. So I took um, an extra long route around yeah. um, some country roads. Oh, I can't imagine riding a bike on the I-15, like highway. Yeah. It would I'm, just be... pretty sure in certain, I'm pretty sure that's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> Doesn't Google know that? It feels, feels illegal. Um, in Utah, it is illegal. Okay. But in Idaho... It's not? Oh, but different. In that section, it's not because there's not alternative pathways. Oh. And when I was biking Arizona oh. outside of Flagstaff, I was on the freeway for I don't know how many miles, probably at least 100 miles. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't as scary as you, you think it yeah, would that's, be. Okay, because that sounds terrifying. That sounds like the whole time just me, I would just be praying. Just be like, stay alive, stay alive, stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> I did worry a lot about cars in the Arizona section with the... Because yeah. you have to um, go past the freeway exits. And that, that was the scariest part because you're, you're going pretty fast and you have to look over your shoulder and make sure no cars are coming. Um, but you're slower than a car. And the most of them are on their cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope so not heading up to Idaho, um, what were some of the... You had mentioned dogs were an issue on your... Oh my gosh, Yes. <laughs> Uh, my first dog story is actually in Utah where I learned to be scared of a dog. It was a big white dog, mm -hmm. kind of like your dogs, <laughs> but <have> scarier. <laughs> this, yeah. it, it actually, Emily's dogs are, are just delightful. <laughs> They're just big bear. Pyrenees, great Pyrenees dogs. Yeah. So there's this big white dog. It's in Joseph, Utah, was my do first dog encounter. Mm -hmm. And it just stared at me for a while, and then it started running towards me. And... So I get on my bike, and this is the wrong thing to do if anyone's asking. <laughs> um, I got on my bike, and I started 
trying to outpedal the mm-hmm. dog. And I, by the end of the ride, I can just feel my leg shaking because of the uh, adrenaline yeah. of being like, this dog is chasing me. So that was my first dog story. Did you outrun the dog, though? I did outrun the dog, mm-hmm. but it cost me a lot of energy. And uh. I think I did come away with a big headache after that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could understand that. So what happened in Idaho then? So in Idaho, I am actually in the Fort Hall Native American Reservation, and I'm riding along, and all of a sudden, every feral dog in the <laughs> entire region is surrounding me and my bike. <gasps> Yay. So it's like a pack mentality of dogs. Like I have at least nine dogs surrounding me and at least nine across the street barking, and mm-hmm. so... I have learned from my first trip, and I actually had tried to prepare for this trip. I had, like, got dog treats that I could, like, throw. I had gotten (laughs) those little fireworks that you pull the string and the confetti pops out to try to scare them. I had gotten whistles. So I tried to have, like, been more prepared. Um, But a pack of nine dogs. No, that's... So what I did is I got off of my bike, and I tried to shout and use my scary shouting voice. I don't Uh know how scary my shouting voice is and be like the boss of the dogs. That did not work. (laughs) And so what what I read on the internet is you take your bike and you like maneuver your bike so that it's protecting you from from the dogs, which is hard Mm -hmm. because there's dogs on all sides. Well, I mean, that works with a dog or maybe even two. But nine dogs? Yeah. So so I'm there. I'm terrified. I'm like... Like, thinking, like, who do I call? What do I do? And I was scared. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's along a a road through the reservation. And so what I do is I get closer to the edge of the road. And a car, a big yellow car, a big yellow truck is passing. And I, like, like wave them down. They pull over. This really nice man gets out. And he's like, don't you know there's dogs on the reservation? (laughs) And he's like, I know now. (laughs) And so he comes over. He takes my bike, he puts it in his truck, mm-hmm. and I, like, hop up into the, the back of the bed of the truck, and so I hitchhike <laughs> for about 500 yards. So when I say I bike the whole country of America, I missed 500 y- yards because of these scary dogs. <laughs> so I get into the back of this truck, and, like, there's, like, six packs of beer everywhere in the back of this <laughs> truck, and I'm like... I'm hitchhiking, random man, tons of alcohol, (laughs) but it's better than being chased by these dogs. (laughs) And did you have any other dog encounters? Or, like, if if that happened to you, what do you think is the best plan? If you're not lucky enough to get saved by a a man full of... (laughs) Um, I did have one other dog encounter. Um, The dog, like, ran and barked at me, but then I think it turned out to be a friendly, playful dog. Mm -hmm. And so that dog just ran after me for like seven miles and I felt really bad about that because I was like I hope it can find its way home (laughs) you you just gave it its daily run it's okay (laughs) we were going pretty fast probably at least 13 miles per hour (laughs) nice dog right um tips I don't know I'm still scared if you guys have tips for me that's what I need um I, I know that um, my brother-in-law, he has a baton he brings oh. that's about this big that you can, it's small, so it's portable. So when I say, so I don't know, I think he was saying it's like shorter Six than. Six inches long, yeah. But, but then, but it's metal and then you can swing it out and it lengthens. 
Oh. So if you need to smack a dog away, you can. Hopefully you don't have to, but you can. Yeah. And go so, for the nose. Go for the nose. Um, yeah. So that's just what he said, and he's had to use it. But, I mean, he's also used it biking, too. You know, like if a car decides to run him, you know, like not paying attention to be like smack, like I am, <laughs> I am here. Hey, I am here. Um, so that's the one that I know just from him. Um, I, 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 I just asked him about bear spray, but I know that's big. Um, I did have bear spray with me the whole time because I'm going through like Montana grizzly bear territory. Mm -hmm. So that was like a backup right? option. Yeah, because I, I love but dogs, you have to pay but... attention to wind. With mm -hmm. bear spray. I mean, usually, with the bear spray, it's a little better than pepper spray because it has more um, propellant and it can get out further. Oh, that's good to know. But, um, yeah, you just have to make sure you know the wind is in your face. <laughs> yeah, you know, if the wind is in your face, don't spray it. No, if it's in your face, you can because then the wind is blowing away from you. If it's at your back, then you spray and it'll get, well, I don't know, if the wind's no, around you. Be careful of wind is the moral of the story. <laughs> Maybe side wind. Side wind. <laughs> I was just thinking, if the wind comes back at you and you're spraying it forward, it's going to hit and whip back into your face. Well, I'm not thinking you're spraying it forward. I'm thinking you're spraying it behind you because the dogs oh, yeah, are yeah, behind yeah. you. Yeah, That's yeah. why. So just spray in the direction of the wind and make sure you're not spraying towards your face. <laughs> anyway, so tell us more about like Idaho and into Montana. Any other beautiful places that you loved? Or quirky things you saw? Or Oh my gosh, we saw so many quirky things and it was <laughs> um, so beautiful. When you said quirky things... Um, up in Montana, we stopped at, I don't know if it was, I think it's a Buddhist shrine up in Montana before you get to Glacier. And so we stopped there and it's just like this huge monument mm -hmm. and it's super fun. Um, also just Montana in general is gorgeous. Yes, yes. it is. So Idaho sucked. Montana <laughs> is so gorgeous. And like... I said this in our last episode, but, like, riding along the road, you see so much more. Like, as you're riding through Montana, there's ponds and rivers, and they're reflecting the mountainsides, and, mm. the, and the flowers were all in bloom, and you could, it was just beautiful. How do you not just, like, take pictures all the time? No, like... I have 15,000 million pictures. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, tell us about crossing the border into Canada. So, when you got through all that... So like, actually, like? actually, the Canada border is not a very good story. So we get to the top of Canada. And so when I did Utah, I was greeted by all my family. But no one wanted to come to the top of, um, of Idaho, Idaho Mont and Montana to greet me. So I get there. My support car's and there. And what, what, are you in Montana when you're crossing the border? You're in Montana. And what border crossing is it? Do you remember? Um, so it goes into, I think it's Roosevelt. Yes, Roosevelt. That's the one we take to go to Banff. Yeah. So here's the sad part of the story. It's in it's 2020. So they're not letting anyone in the border. Yeah, That's right. and it's completely mm -hmm. closed. So and I, for a while. Yeah. So I get to the top and I'm greeted by my 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 support car and 10 billion mosquitoes. <laughs> and so I I get to where on the map it says that I'm in Canada. But I don't actually cross the border at that point. <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't. It was, it's not your fault. It was close. Yeah. What can you do? Oh, that's awesome. So did you feel like you stayed pretty close to your itinerary? Or was it did it all get all wacky in the middle? Or okay. I didn't I did not stay close to my itinerary because on day one, uh, we've talked about this before about like just the fears that get involved with starting big adventures. 
So on day one, I already was like, no, it's day two. I was like, should I just quit? Mm-hmm. And and then on like day four, the wind's blowing. Should I just quit? So on my Idaho, Montana trip, I was not committed to the, the trip. So every day it was a question of, should I quit? Mm. Which is emotionally taxing. It, yeah. Because you're remaking that decision every single day. And part of the problem was I was like super worried about my friend having a good time because she had taken vacation to to do this. But here I am just biking all day and I'm like, is she having enough fun? And Aww. and it's and also like I said, Idaho sucks. <laughs> and it's, the, the state of Idaho doesn't suck, but, you, but your experience sucks. I understand. Riding your bike across the state of Idaho is challenging. <laughs> there we go. How's that? Yes, there we go. So I love Idaho too. <laughs> we stopped at the po- Potato Museum. There's good things. Did you, did, you, did you stop at the Museum of Clean in Port? No, we didn't. Of what is it? The, the Museum of Clean in Pocatello. No, we oh. didn't. You want to talk about cute and quirky? Yeah. Check it out. Um, but so what happened was I didn't finish my day's ride sometimes because of weather. And mm-hmm. so what I had to figure out, because we had stopping points that were further down the route because we had like Airbnbs and things. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening for this one is I did as much as I could, but then I had to come back and finish pieces mm. later. So mm. it was kind of piecemealed. Oh, that's mm. tricky because it wasn't like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's I can right. see why that would be like feeling like, oh, this sucks like mentally too. Like you so you just finished in Canada and then did you just go right down to Arizona or you waited a little bit? or? Well, we couldn't do Arizona in the middle of July. Oh, that's so, true. <laughs> so I waited until December to do Arizona. And uh-huh. we did that during my Christmas break because I work in education. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be hot. And it was snowing. <laughs> so up by the, the north rim of the Grand Ca- Canyon, of course, we ran into snow. But then down by the southern border, it's like, it's the temperature. It was a nice moderate temperature, for good for riding. Mm-hmm. And so did you go from Utah, Idaho, uh, Arizona border to Mexico? Correct. The whole thing? Yep. And where did you start in Utah? Was it in Canab? In Canab. The same place that you had started for Utah? And then mm-hmm. what roads did you take to get down to? That one's 89. And mm-hmm. then you hit the freeway. Uh-huh. So in Flagstaff, you're now on the freeway, and you're taking that, and then it's some country roads down past, like, Oregon Pipe National Monument, which is super fun. Oh, Oregon Pipe, like the cactuses, right? Yeah. Oh, they're so cool. They're, like, massive saguaro, saguaro cactuses. Yeah. yeah, they're killer. Yeah, so Arizona was gorgeous to ride through because it's not the same environment that I'm used to riding through. It's, like, deserty mm-hmm. and lots of cactus, so that was super cool. And you had the same support crew kind of style. And were you doing about the same length of time, too? So by the time I got to Arizona, the daily mileage was between 60 and 80 miles per day. And we did Arizona in seven days. Wow. So basically, I got faster as I went along. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Wow, and power through it. Goodness, (laughs) that's amazing. Uh, What was your favorite part of Arizona? Um, Oregon Pike National Monument was, was super cool. There's also a hill on the freeway that you're riding down this big hill and you're going probably 40 miles per mm-hmm. hour because it's a 10% grade and mm-hmm. you're like winding along oh. uh, debris and wood and nails <laughs> on the, the road and trying not to die. But you're like, wow, I went so fast. And that day I was able to go a hundred miles. So like that was huge. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh. So... Looking forward, are you planning any other new biking trips or? 
Uh, so like a key thing that I took away from my biking trips was you can, like I, my body can bike long distances. So I wanted to come back and I wanted to like bike to work. And so this year I've biked probably maybe half the days to work or That's at least cool, part of the way to work um, because it was hard coming back from these big trips because like there's a lot of adrenaline, a lot of excitement, and a lot of fun. So I actually came back and I was kind of sad and depressed because I'm like, my life is now so boring. <laughs> and so like I'm trying to make like consistent small patterns in my life of like just doing little bike rides because mm -hmm. you can't always do the big exciting yeah. ones. Mm -hmm. So I don't currently have big, exciting plans. More hiking, through hiking plans, mm -hmm. probably, instead Ooh, of biking. Nice, so big, long hikes in your yep. future. I love that, like, biking can just come into your life. And, like, it's just like like hiking. Like, you just do it when you can. And biking, you don't have to mm -hmm. be a hardcore cyclist to, like, mm -hmm. do stuff like this. Like, you're just a regular gal. And, like, when the situation was right and, you know, mm -hmm. and the dream was there, you went for it. I just think that's so inspiring. That's really, really cool. Aww. Thanks, guys. You bet. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for sharing your stories with us today. To hear more fun and inspiring stories from Women Like Katie, don't forget to subscribe so that you will get those episodes as they come. Um, also, of course, check out the website, mountainmamas.org. MTMAMAS.org. There we go. And we'll take care of it. Um, also, if you want to hear more of the tips and tricks, then of course sign up on Patreon. Katie's going to share her tips and tricks about best ways to get good bikes and um, some of her other thoughts that she had crossing Idaho and um, Arizona. So please subscribe to that. We'd love you to hear those tips and tricks. And she's fantastic. That's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.